method of business would persist until the formation of the National Wrestling Alliance in 1948. NWA as a central governing body, with its singular, undisputed world champion, would be absolute, and undeniable. This control, combined with the expansion of the interstate highway system, and the inevitable popularity and availability of regional television, would usher in an era of wrestling that was defined by what would come to be known as the territory system. The territory system would dominate wrestling for nearly four decades while the borders, authority, popularity, and obedience of individual NWA territories was in a near constant state of flux, to this day the impact and influence of these territories is still felt. Each territory had its own signature promoter and star. While it is impossible to cram these characteristics into a static, concrete map, we are damn sure going to try anyway. So open up your eyes. Welcome to another episode of 30, where we have a healthy competition between four pro wrestling experts on the Monty DeFaro channel. But before I open up that, I just want to say thank you, everybody, for joining us. And I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We had a nice little break. I will tell oh, yeah. you, that song always makes me miss Jimmy. I love Jimmy's voice. Yeah. You guys love Jimmy's voice? Great. Yeah. Jimmy's yeah. awesome. Who's Jimmy? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you're gonna you're gonna feel the wrath of the Pharaoh with that comment, buddy. You just you're not even getting it at this point. So I want to introduce the uh illustrious core four of this great show to 30, which is creating popularity by the week. You guys are doing a wonderful job. Right. So Joe, who's yes. a newbie, um <clears throat> seems to be rotating with the great Dan from the Dan and Benny show. Joe, you want to introduce yourself to the fans out there? Hey, everybody. I am Joe What-A-Day Lowry, a pro wrestling historian, and I am grateful to be part of the Monty and Farrow family here. I just want to say thank you very much for this opportunity. And, hey, every day is a what-a-day. There you go. And we're grateful to have you as part of the Monty and Farrow family. Yeah, and then in the, across from you is the player, Mr. Benny Scala, who, who really – has really taken off on this uh, television podcasting, broadcasting thing, Benny. It's just become almost your full-time job, buddy. How are you? The hardest working man in podcasting. You ain't kidding. But oh, one yeah. thing we did identify, you're quite a slayer. You'll uh, 
You'll take people out to get what you need. I've just realized. The play that. is a slayer. What do you know? What can I say? <laughs> and then above you is Mr. ESO Bruce. Bruce, how are you? Another guy doing many different podcasts. Welcome, sir. Uh, what's going on? And yeah, yesterday we had the uh, the new edition of Wrestling Re- Remembered. Uh, you got to got to check it out. I'm not sure when it's going to be uploaded. It's not uploaded yet, but it's going to be uh, sometime in the next day or so. So you guys got to check that out. It was a lot of fun. Me, I got to you know work with uh, Benny and Joe down there. So we we had a great discussion about wrestling's past. Yeah. I tell you what, I am exciting for that new rebooted version of wrestling history. And let's not forget about true crime where Benny's doing that along with who's that with you with Benny? I'm sorry. The Boston bad girl, Brittany Brown. Say that ten times fast. Ooh. Love that show. They cover you know, murders, crimes. I think next week they've got Sonny on. Uh, they're not sunny, sunny on, but they're going over <laughs> sunny. And I, yes, I got to tell you, yeah, if you sunny on, wow. <laughs> I got to tell you, though, I'm always honest. I'm not so sure if we're ready for sunny on the true crime episode, but hey, you're in charge of it. Who am I to Play say? Play strikes while the iron's hot. That's it. Opportunist. There he is again. But anyway, there's the champion. Probably the best-looking guy in the room. He is our 30-world champion. People love you, Phil. Welcome back, sir. I love our peeps, too, man. Love our family. I'm, I'm on the Roman Reigns uh, defending plan here. I had a nice week off to uh, kind of gain my confidence and kind of get ready for this. And uh, I'm ready, baby. Like Pedro Morales used to say, I'm ready for any kind of action, baby. Ready for every kind of action. All right, guys, here we go. Uh-oh. In today's world of pro wrestling, announcers have become part of the show like never before. From Pat McAvee to Samantha Irvin. Give me your top five announcers, five being the lowest, one being the top, and why. Champ, tough question. Get that drink out of your mouth. You're up. <laughs> You're on the 30. Go. Well, if, if we're talking contemporary or, or um, historic, would we say, Mike? Current we're talking or kind all of... time. Doesn't matter. Contemporary, historic. Put it all together. Boy, well, if we were to talk about teams, we'd have to say um, Gorilla and Bobby or, or Gorilla and Jesse in terms of the teamwork, you know. I think Gorilla's up there. I think Gorilla, I think Gordon Soley, I think um, JR, they're all up there. Um I need your top hard, five, hard. five being the lowest, one being the top, and why, my friend? Oh, so start, at, start at five then. All righty. Well, that's that's a really good one. Vince McMahon, very underrated as an announcer, oh, and I'm it. not saying that he's a bad announcer, but I put him it. at number five because uh, he had a unique style. Um, even before we knew he was um, owner, office holder, whatever, of the company, he had a unique style. He brought some credibility to it. He played a great straight man for many years. He worked well with Jesse. And in the next spot, I probably would say Jesse because um, uh, Jesse worked well with everybody. Um, Jesse brought, of course, a, a unique angle given his background. Um, he could cover so much. He was witty. He was quick. He was really one of the first heel announcers that we ever came across. Um, and in that vein, I think Bobby Heenan, too. Perhaps the funniest guy of all time worked great with it, with everybody. So Heenan probably number three. Gorilla, I love. That's it, he champ. That. That's it. You're out of time. Important. Good list. Yeah. I would have loved to hear yeah. your number one. Oh man, uh, 
But that's why number one's a hard spot, and that was a very difficult question to come out of the gate, but nothing like testing the champ. Not a bad score, though, champ. Good choices. ESO, you're in the two spot, big guy. Get the clock up. You're on the 30. Go. All right. So in number five, I have, let's see, I have debating between Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura. Uh-oh, a little frozen. <laughs> Poor Bruce. Warm air, Bruce. Oh, so, oh, are we back? Uh, You're here back. Is, here he is. No, okay, so I would say Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon at number five. He was one of the first broadcasters that I ever got to see. And him being behind the scenes, not knowing that he was also the owner, was absolutely amazing. So, uh, number four, I'm going to have to go with Jerry Lawler. Uh, no. Lawler was uh, the, the face of the Attitude Era. He was, you know, his his sayings were absolutely legendary. You know, yeah, yeah, show me those puppies. Uh, number three, let's see. I'd say Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon, it was debatable, debated between putting Gorilla or the or Bobby the Brain. I have to say Gorilla. Gor- gorilla was absolutely awesome in that straight man to the, to the brain's uh, you know, antics. And no, number two. Uh, I have to say Gordon Soley. I didn't get to see enough of him. I know everybody says he was the greatest of all time. I only got to see that limited amount of him towards the end of, uh, of his announcing career. But from what I saw, he was amazing. And number one, I have to give it up to Jim Ross, the major announcer from the Attitude Era. He had it all. He did it. He's done everything, and he's still relevant to this day. I have to, I have to give it to Jim Ross. Pretty good list. Pretty good list, but I don't know. This Seems to be someone missing in that list, which I haven't heard, unless I just missed it. But I think the next guy up is going to call him out. Benny, did you did you just screw ESO over again? Did you cut his internet? Did you just pull it off again? <laughs> I, I do whatever it takes. You know I, that is unbelievable. You're up the thirty. Go. All right, number five, and I'm going to go old school here because I'm going to go back to the wrestling that I grew up with and I, that I truly love. Number five is Bob Caudill from Mid-Atlantic. Wow. Um, wow. If you've ever watched a Mid-Atlantic broadcast or listened to a Mid-Atlantic broadcast, the guy is solid. I mean, those people in the Carolinas and Virginia, they absolutely wow. love their wrestling. He was the right man for the right job. He was a low-key, uh, but he got the job done. Number four is uh, Vince McMahon Jr., but I'm talking about Saturday morning all-star wrestling. Again, the, the ultimate straight man, um, but he, he got the job done. He, he did the interviews totally deadpan. He got uh, Grand Wizard, Freddie Blassie, Albano, you know, all the heels. They totally got themselves over and sold tickets, which was the, the total intended purpose of the interview. Number three, JR. Not the new JR. The old JR, the the WCW and the Mid-South JR. Number two, Memphis, Lance Russell, Mm. one of the all-time greats. How could a a list of all-time great announcers not include Lance Russell? And announced some of the most iconic matches, like the uh, the Jerry Lawler and Austin Idol hair versus hair match in the Memphis Coliseum, in Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis. Number one is Gordon Soley, the dean of announcers. The guy could announce the fucking U-log and make it look interesting. Yeah, I'm going to wow. deduct you one point for using that U-log. I, how often <laughs> I listen to you and you what? use that line a lot. I'm deducting a point. I've Deduct a point for it. him reusing lines. Wow. I mean, I great list, Benny, but the U-log, you pulled it out. You've used oh, that many on. times. Sorry. All right. Whatever. Joe. 
Oh boy, tough here list. we go. Tough act. Being last. Tough act to follow. It is a tough act. Benny came strong. That number two spot Ooh. was good. But I'm wondering where you're coming with. But one thing I'm loving is Vince McMahon Jr. getting a lot of love here, and I think oh, it's yeah. well-deserved. All right, Definitely. Joe, you're on the 30. Go. All right, number five, got to be Tony Schiavone. And the reason being is, is he's the one that turned everybody off from WCW, made them change the channel and go over to Raw <laughs> and watch Mankind win the WWF Championship. Number four <laughs> will be Vince McMahon Jr. He was the voice of Saturday Morning Wrestling. He made me want to watch wrestling. I love him to death. Number, number three, it's got to be Joey Styles, ECW. Wow, nice. He was blowing wow. out the microphones every time. Francine going through the table. He almost lost his voice and blew the microphone out. You got to love that stuff. Number yeah. two for me, got to be Gordon Soley, Georgia Championship Wrestling. He was called the Dean of Professional Wrestling for a reason. That man educated me. He, I loved when he said he called it a souple, not a suplex, a play, but right. a souple. <laughs> and number one, number one, it's a tie. It's got to be Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Those wow. two together were magic. They catapulted the WWE into number one category in the Monday Night Wars. And I love Jerry Lawler because every time he wore his orthopedic shoes, he's standard corrected. You're going to love that stuff. And good old JR, <laughs> when mankind fell off that, when Undertaker threw him off the cage, my God, he's dead. Somebody get off their ass in the back of the, uh, in the, back of the dressing room and come help this man. You got to love it. It was just classic stuff. So that is my five. But, you know, Joey Styles, you got to love him. I had to put him in there. So yeah. th those are my five right there. Oh, my God. Kudos to all four of you guys. You guys killed this subject. And Whoa. you came up with different names. You destroyed it. Unbelievable. Quick question before we get to the second question. Does Gordon solely translate, if he was around today, to today's audience? No. 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 Absolutely not. He was an educator. He explained it. He, I don't think the, today's fans would want to hear that stuff. No. Great job, first round, guys. I keep saying it every week. I couldn't do what you guys do. You're off the cuff, and you kill it all the time. Oh CM Punk, God. Randy Orton returned. Boost Monday Night Raw ratings up 29%. Does the WWE change their plans? and changing their Cody Rhodes finishing the story. You've got a minute 30 to tell me what the WWE is going to do here. They've got a problem. It's a good problem, but they still got a problem. ESO, you're going to open right. up on the 30. Uh-oh. Go. All right. I think WWE has a great problem here because it absolutely doesn't change that storyline. We've got years left for Cody to, you know, to reach that legend. And I think it's all, you know, the, uh, everything's all in that chase and you could build this up for another year before he, you, you have to cash in with that. But CM Punk coming in, you set up this, the WWE to have f new feuds for the next few years. Plus, you have all these up-and-comers that are almost at that main event status. That Gunther coming over, um, you know, you got a, you know, like, uh, let's see, uh, oh, what is it, Dexter Loomis, uh, the uh, uh, couple of other ones there. They're just on that main event status. We have opportunities for WWE to be booked out for the next couple of years. Does it change? Absolutely. You ha you can put Cody Rhodes against so many more people in the next in the near future. Keep them away from that championship. It's everything's always in that chase. Uh, am I happy to see CM Punk there? Surprisingly, yeah. I mean, it gives a whole new 
a whole new dimension to WWE. You can have him feud with that that McIntyre. You have him feud with you know uh, the uh, the Seth Rollins. You have so many opportunities w- with him coming in and with Orton back. Wow, we've got another solid main eventer back in the WWE. WWE for the next year is going to shine. We're going to see pro wrestling back in that limelight like we did 20 years ago during the Attitude Era. Well done, Bruce. Good opening subject. Very difficult. You handled it like a champ. Well done. Benny, you're in the two spot. Is this in your wheelhouse? We're going to figure this out. The player's here to play like he is every week. You're on the 30. (laughs) Go. Plays out of state, too. Yeah, I, I think it's a great problem for the, the WWE to have because, you, you I mean, they're stacked with, you know, marquee stars, but is that, that's a good problem to have. And I, I honestly think it won't really change Cody's plans. I think they're still going to have Cody eventually uh, head towards uh, a match with Roman at WrestleMania. I think uh, Punk is going to work a program with Seth. Because, I mean, I'm not sure if we're going to get to that later on a different question. But, you know, Rollins went absolutely batshit, although it was a work. Um, when when Punk came out after the last match of, of you know, of Survivor Series. And I, there's legitimate heat between the two. But do I think that was real? Absolutely not. But, I mean, they will use that to, to uh, w, wrestling never wastes anything. Real or imagined, so that 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 incident, they're going to use it to their advantage. I'm surprised they didn't do anything. Uh, Rollins was very in the beginning he, when he was cutting his promo, he said something about Punk, but then he quickly just veered off, and you know it was him and McIntyre. So I don't I don't see any problem. I don't think Randy Orton is going to be in the main of uh, the title mix. He's going to be in the main event mix. Randy Orton's going to be 44 years old in January, I believe. You know, still in good shape, still got a couple of years left, but I think at this point he's going to start passing the torch. Well done, Benny. Another great round. Boy, this competition's stiff, boy. I got to tell you. Again, I'm That was actually the uh, my, my last porn movie was uh, called Stiff Competition. All right, we got to take another point off of that because he's used that line Damn, before. Come on, man. Deduct another point. Thank you. Joe, oh, you're boy. in the three spot. What was the question again? The the question is, CM Punk and Randy Orton return. Does the WWE change their plans on the Cody Rhodes finishing the story storyline? You're on the 30. Go. All right. I don't think Cody Rhodes will be finishing his story very soon. Um, With the return of CM Punk in that needle mover that happened over the weekend, over 71 million views and counting. I was just on Twitter a little while ago, and he's got 31 million views on there. So, CM Punk is good for business. Cody Rhodes said it in his press conference that he welcomes CM Punk back. The only problem I have with the CM Punk thing is, which CM Punk are we going to get when he comes back? Are we getting the nice CM Punk or are we going to get the good? I've heard he has a behavior clause in his contract. I don't know how true that is. But I got to say one thing, though. This return of CM Punk over the weekend was the biggest work I've ever seen in sports entertainment because every dirt sheet out there got inside sources saying that CM Punk is not going to return. It's not happening. And what do they do? They pull that bunny out of the hat, boy, and they did it right the last minute when Survivor Series was going off the air. That was magic in a bottle. And then the return on Raw. I don't think the return on Raw was a needle mover because their ratings didn't show it. 
But what's going to happen to Cody Rhodes? He will finish his story. I just think the chapters and everything are going to be a little bit prolonged because now he's going to have to take a back seat. I think Randy Orton's going to have to take a bit of a back seat. And I, I think I'm going to go on a limb here. I think Sasha Banks is coming back to the WWE. They're going to stack it up. The media rights deal is in full swing negotiations. There are several suitors. So, you know, the WWE is stacked right now, and it's a wow. good time to be a fan. Good comments. Wow. Joe, you're killing it, bro. Oh, Champ. <laughs> it's getting tight. Some great points. You ain't kidding. Yeah. It's, you know what? This is a question I think I'd want to be in the last spot, but – I didn't expect yeah. the three of them to have such great points going in. It kind of kind of puts a little hurting on you. You're up, champ. You're it's on the 30. Go. You know, I agree Like with, with Benny. It is a young man's game, but as a purveyor of some old man's strength here, I think we still have some uh, miles and, and maybe years to go with some of these people. With Punk, I think he's still got some gas in the tank. In fact, it kind of looks like he's been doing a little gas or something. He looks in relatively decent yeah. shape upon uh, last viewing. Um, he brings another factor, AJ Lee, into the mix too, potentially, to have maybe some inner gender. And, and that would bring him and Seth together. They could do a little tag team maybe too, uh, which would be interesting. Uh, and I agree, Dust, um, Cody still uh, has a story to tell. I think I think he actually uh, is in an advantage now where he's got some more obstacles to surmount as he goes. And I think it's a good thing. It was almost a foregone conclusion that he was going to go perhaps to WrestleMania to win and, and go beyond. So it throws a nice wrench into the works. It certainly complicates things. It certainly opens up things to um, different battles in the end. I think he's amongst the youngest. I think he's had enough time in WWE where they trust him very much. Obviously, they've, they've kind of built the machine behind him. His merch is great. Fans obviously are behind him. I don't think Punk needs to be a champion necessarily. I think he needs to be, he's going to be a shit stirrer as he always has been. I do agree with the behavior clause, which I thought I was going to bring up before anybody. So I think that he's still on a little thin ice. Um, but I think it just expands well done, everything. Phil. Makes well the done. Yeah. The forgotten guy in his whole mix is the world champion, Roman Reigns, though. Seems yeah. like he's an afterthought right now. Yeah. I would honestly like to see yeah. Roman um, destroy both Orton and Punk. And you are right, Phil. Good point on the juice. Looks like yeah. Phil Brooks took some juice. Yeah. All right, yeah. question three. This is our first elimination. I've added this to the show as we progress into 30. So after this round, someone will be sent to the land of misfit toys. And by the way, that was on <laughs> Channel 2 at Monday, if you saw it. Oh, nice. And I saw all five of us there. Yes, there it is. <laughs> we were all there hanging out. There you go. John Moxley and Triple H have both seen, uh, have both been open about concussions in pro wrestling. Moxley was quoted on, I just kept getting progressively more lost and couldn't figure out where to F I was. Then I had this moment of clarity. Oh, I'm effed up. I got to get the F out of here. The question, gentlemen, is pro wrestling doing their best to protect its wrestlers? Very difficult question. Remember, this is an elimination round. The player, you're on the 30. Go. I don't mind a small, well manicured landing strip. Oh wait, that's that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Very 
Do I get a point taken off for that? Rest no, you're going to get some extra points for that. Well done. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> do I? T- no, they're not. No, absolutely not. I mean, they're doing stupid shit. I mean, you got you got freaking EO Sky jumping off the top of a cage with a freaking garbage can on her head. I mean, <laughs> and you got, then you got uh, Charlotte Flair doing the same thing without the garbage can, and you have eight people holding hands in a circle, you know, calling for a fair catch. I think I think EO Sky got kicked in the head. So yeah, I mean, Moxley's brain dead anyway. You know, con- concussion or no concussion, <laughs> that guy's an idiot. I mean, you, you look at him and he bleeds, and he drops the f bomb. He's, 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 he's a shitty wrestler. He, he makes Tommy Dreamer look good. I'm sorry. Oh, oh that's uh, extra points whoa. right there. That's good points yeah, right uh, there. John Moxley. But, but no, I'll always mark no, out for not, a Tommy Dreamer. No, they're, they're, not, <laughs> they're not doing everything they should because they're, they're jeopardizing these people. And they're doing it. They, the, the wrestlers are doing it on their own accord, so you can't, you know. But they're, they're, they're jeopardize, jeopardizing their health for the gratification of the fans. Because, I mean, so much of this stuff is dangerous. I'm surprised there haven't been, been more horrific injuries. So, no, absolutely not. Um, they're, they're not looking out for the, for the well-being of the wrestlers. Well done, Benny. Uh, Guys, I have to make an announcement, though. I did not realize starting this early we're up against stiff competition on Hannibal. He's got uh, uh, former executive producer of the wrestler Evan Ginsberg on. That must be very, very exciting. Fans are just <laughs> droving to watch that show. Well, I gotta go leave, guys. <laughs> I gotta bug out, man. <laughs> Wait, I got two screens. I got, I got two screens going. Let me see what's happening. <laughs> Let's right see what's happening. I, I think, I think all the flies from the window of the Amityville Horror House are gonna, they're gonna fly out and they're gonna tune in to watch uh, Evan Ginsberg. Joe, you're on yes, the sir. thirty. Go. All right. Do I think that the uh, well, let's just put it this way. WWE has the money. They have a great concussion protocol. They have the Triple H has said it. He'll go up against any other uh, federation or company with in regards to concussion protocols and safeties and all that stuff. Why? Because WWE has that money. It's a publicly owned company. They need to protect their talent. They're doing the best they can. I mean, I see these referees always after a dangerous stunt, especially EO Sky this past weekend, you name it, Charlotte Flair, they're always checking on them. Switch over to EW, I think that's a different story now. I think they're behind in that. I don't think they, they're spending the money for a concussion protocol and all that stuff. Look at John Moxley. He's going in the ring week after week, day after day. He's getting his brains blown out. Orange Cassidy's getting his brains blown out. I mean, you name it. I don't think AEW is doing a well enough job. And I don't think Impact is either. Impact's, you know, they're trying. NWA, they're trying. It's all about money because when you have the money to get the medical staff in your organization to check on these people, by far none. WWE does a great job. Their concussion protocol, there was a wrestler. I forget his name. He went to Harvard University. He's now a CTE specialist. Nowinski. Yeah, Nowinski. Yep, and he has uh, been working with the WWE on make, you know, making sure that any signs of CT, you got to pull these guys. And I think they're doing a good job because, you know, you get wrestlers that don't show up and, you know, the dirt sheets say something else. But it could be a concussion. But I think good WWE job, by Joe. far well is doing a good job. Champ, there's a tight race in this elimination man, oh, man. It is tight. Yeah. You're on Tough a 30. To last. Go. I agree with Joe. I think uh, I think they're doing a stellar job, actually. I think, you know, we hear of the WWE style 
And they retrain people who come in. Let's not forget that. People come in and are basically retrained to the WWE style. And I think it is a style that helps prevent these situations. We don't see these unprotected chair shots anymore. Certainly not. A lot of the chairs are going across the back. Um, I'm sure even they're spending money to make the ring as safe as possible, too. I mean... They're always innovating new things. Um, you know, even as far back as or as the late 90s, there weren't uh, physicians on staff. They didn't have trainers on staff. They're fully staffed now, so they're they're way ahead of the game. And, yes, Chris Nowinski, how could he not be a factor bringing attention to this? How could they not have the best protocol going now? So I think that even, I think, built into the structure of the design of the matches, I think they uh, their style is... Um, generally safer than what we see on AEW. I mean, we look at Becky Lynch, for example, when she started her career, she had a couple of concussions and had to leave the business for a few years, and she came back. And I'm sure that was first and foremost on her mind when she signed with WWE to make sure that these things don't happen again. I think WWE has learned from their mistakes, certainly from the lawsuits that have happened. You know, I think they're protecting themselves to the hilt now. And um, I, I think now that they're also publicly traded, they're a mega merge corporation well, well done champ have, well yeah. done all right Whoa. bruce you going to the sidelines you're looking for the play you go to the coach what are we doing here coach and he's saying looks like a hail mary so we got a, a minute and 30 a hail mary bruce how can we keep you out Good of bruce. the land of misfit toys go <laughs> okay so in whose eyes is it more safe? In the fans' eyes, probably. In my eyes, WWE has done what they can, but if it weren't for one man, would they have? And that was Christopher Nowitzki. If he hadn't gone and done what he did with, with, with creating that thing to monitor the concussions, we wouldn't be at this point of knowing what was going on. Um, WWE, If WWE really, really wanted to end concussions we wouldn't have elimination chambers we wouldn't have any headshots we wouldn't have somebody jumping off the top of a war games uh cell with a, with a garbage can over their head wwe in their eyes are doing everything they can and are they making it safer for the wrestlers absolutely but they are still giving the these wrestlers opportunities to hurt themselves Let's go to John Moxley. John Moxley's an idiot. He's put his life on the line way too many times. Let, let, let's let's face it. You look at it. Look at his head. He's he's the spitting image of somebody who should be out of wrestling. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Too many too many concussions there. We AEW is a concussion land. We don't need to take all these risks. The wrestlers could put on a story. They could sell these these holds, these moves a little bit further and limit the times that they have to put their lives on the line, put their heads on the line. You know, they, I don't think some of these guys realize every part of their body goes through their head. This, these concussions are dangerous. Nice job, Bruce. Nice job. You broke through yeah. the front line. You got into the secondary. You're on your way to the end zone, and you tripped on the four-yard <laughs> line. Oh. Bruce. It's cold out there. You're on your way to the Dreadful. land. Yeah, this is the Northeast. Sir. It is getting cold up here. <laughs> Later, Dreadful. guys. We'll miss you, Bruce. Bye, Bruce. Love you. What a day. Man, I'll tell you, this show is <laughs> rough. This show is rough. It's very unforgiving. It really is. Uh, All right, guys. We're into the second uh -oh. elimination. Someone's going home to the land of Misfit Toys to go hang out with Bruce. Uh-oh. Are you ready? The WWE's had 
had many uh, – wait, sorry. The WWE is hot. Many say it's the hottest it's ever been. Vince McMahon is known to be the greatest promoter of all time. Give me reasons why he is not the greatest promoter of all time. Benny, you're opening up with 35 points. You're literally all tied together. In fact, Benny, if you if Abe didn't deduct a couple of points from you, this would be a Abe didn't. A you did. No, it was Abe. Trust me. Abe, oh, really? I, I just okay. act as Abe's mouthpiece. All, all right. right. Where does Abe live? You're on a 30. Go. Well, um, I do think historically Vince McMahon is the greatest promoter of all time by far because, I mean, look what he's done. Now, of course, like I'm, I, I could go on my soapbox and say that he ruined wrestling for me, and I'm not going to do that now. And in terms of pure promotion, taking wrestling from where it was to where, where it is now or where it was maybe 20 years ago, I mean, nobody could have done, I don't think, what Vince McMahon done. What, I mean, keep in mind that he, he bought the WWF for, I think, a million bucks, and he made four payments of a quarter of a mil to his father. If he defaulted on any of the payments, the, the company went back to his father. He, he mortgaged everything he had uh, to, to set up WrestleMania 1. If that had failed... Um, he'd be, you know, working for the Cape Cod Codsuckers or, you know, whatever they are, you know, the hockey team he, he managed in Maine. But, um, no, I mean, now I think he has lost a lot of that momentum because he has uh, failed to keep in touch. Um, you know, they're not drawing the kind of uh, viewership or attendance that they were 20 years ago uh, in the Attitude Area. So, I mean, he brought them that far. I, I think at at some point though he crashed and burned. But I mean, if you're going to give a title of, of the greatest promoter of all time, it can go to nobody else. Much as I hate the guy. Well done. Considering the question is, give me reasons why he's not the greatest of all time. Oh, that wasn't yeah. too bad, Joe. Oh boy, this is tight. This is yeah, tight. It's very tight. Very tight. Very tight. You're on the thirty. Go. All right. All right, the reason why Vince McMahon is not the greatest promoter anymore is because he lost touch with the fans and what they wanted. The product has changed tremendously over the last 10 years. When the stock went public and everything, and there were stockholders, investors, the blood stopped. The entertainment went down to PG. It got stiff. It got stale. It got boring. Um, you know, There were times when I even turned it off because I couldn't stand what was going on. I mean, no more chair shots to the head. No, I, I, I read an article this past week. Uh, Ric Flair was on a podcast saying that uh, Vince McMahon was actually fining wrestlers if they cut themselves open to the point where they were deducted $10,000 from their paychecks and so forth. And I find that just unbelievably horrific. Um, I think Vince McMahon, because the question is why he's a bad promoter and everything, he lost touch with the fans. He was more the, on the business side. And obviously his extracurricular activities has pretty much ousted him from the board and with Endeavor and all that TKO and all that stuff. He sold all his stocks. He got $800 million for that. So Vince McMahon is, is slowly, really basically is stepping away or being forced to step away. And look at the creativity now. And WDB, WWE has excelled. Look at this past weekend, the return of CM Punk. If Vince McMahon was even around, that CM Punk move would not even happen. I guarantee you that. 
but that's why Vince McMahon. Well is done, not Joe. Great wow, great moment. comments. Great comments. Phil. Whoa. Title on the line. You got Benny and Joe in front of you. We'd hate for you to be a paper champion. This is week three. I think this is the longest reign in the 30 ever. The competition's stiff. You're up. I'm stiffer. <laughs> Let's go. The 30. All right. Well, just as um, hubris, which in Greek tragedy is called excessive pride, has led to the downfall of some uh, major characters, I think that's been a problem for Vinnie Mac, who definitely is a great man and a great creator. But, you know, the ego comes into play, particularly when it comes to him bringing in stars who have been established. And I looked at probably one of the greatest examples, and we're going back in time, is Dusty Rhodes, you know? If Dusty were brought in as he was the American dream in character, I think they could have done tremendous business with him, you know, uh, whether they bring him in as the dream and turn him bad or something like that. But Vince had a little something against Dusty, so he wanted to put him in polka dots and give him sapphire and kind of make him a joke. Of course, Dusty kind of overcame that gimmick and uh, still was a shining star, I would have to say. But I, and I think Vince has had a history of doing that with other people who have been established already in other territories. Vince's strength has taken someone, just a piece of clay, and just building them into a, a star in his own image. And he's, he's done tremendously with people like that. He took Austin, and obviously he worked him into something uh, beyond the sport. So he does, have those, um, he does have that magic touch. But again, it's his pride. It's his, I didn't make the star. Well so done, I Phil. Change him. I can't see the totals up there. What do we look like? 49, 48? Play is out, said uh. Abe. Player, you are a master of this game. You're a master podcaster. But unfortunately, coming out of the Thanksgiving holiday, the champ and Joe were just a little bit better. Player, we'll no, see you next the, week, two, my friend. Two points kill me, man. Peace, I brother. Love you. Player still love you. is pissed. Player is pissed, <laughs> and I don't blame him. Way to go, Abe. He's going to make you a victim oh, of his next true crime, Monty. Watch out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's good stuff. He'll All right, guys. He'll probably ask me to co-host that as well. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, let's set them at zero in the rules uh -oh. of this game. Doesn't matter how you got here. Once you get to the final round, you both start at zero. Oh boy. All right, this is for the championship, gents. Champion gets advantage, won't start. It's you first, Joe. All right. Former WWE pro wrestler Tammy Sonny Sitch. Sentenced to 17 years in fatal DUI crash in Florida. Please give me the list and incidents that are worse in pro wrestling than Whoa. Tammy Stitch. Joe, you're on the 30. Ooh. Go. Okay, worse than Tammy Lynn Sitch, I would have to go with China in her escapades leading up to the untimely death. I mean, China uh, traveled that road. Uh, you know, she had a difficult time when she left the WWE, when she got fired and so forth. Her fall from grace was traumatic, and the reason being is she filmed it. She filmed everything that she did, including 
the porn, including the drug use, uh, celebrity rehab when she was on there with Dr. Drew. And the greatest line Dr. Drew asked her was like, why are you here? And she goes, I don't know what I'm addicted to. And I was like, "Why? this is just insanity. She needed to be committed by then. Um, and her untimely death was unfortunate. But I'd have to say, number one, China. It has to be because Timmy Lynn Cinch, her fall from grace was similar to that as well. And when she appeared in court and she said she, you know, the Chris Candido thing and all that stuff. And, uh, and then they had a lawyer saying she took too many shots to the head. T Tammy never wrestled. You know, that was a very, very bad defense. You know, America loves a comeback story, but Tammy Lynn's going to have 17 years to make that comeback story. But uh, as for worse than Tammy, I'd have to go with China. All her escapades with X-Pac, the sex tape, the porn industry, it, it, it's showing up at funerals and trying to talk to Triple H. Just a horrific, horrific ending to, uh, you know, who should be uh, on the wrestling side, a WWE Hall of Famer. Tough question. Great round. Wow. Very good. Phil, Oof. 13 points separate you from retaining your world title. The 30's up. Best of luck to you, sir. Go. Well, I'd have to say <laughs> Triple H violating Katie Vick has to be up there amongst uh, <laughs> most grievous offenses done by a, a star of... Uh, of our fair sport and uh but of course that was storyline but it um it still ranks up there as a poor storyline but beyond that um the greatest tragedy happened in june of 2007 with benoit and family without a doubt just the most horrific awful thing to ever happen in the business anywhere else for that matter and uh still stunning but we have other people we have Bruiser Bob Sweetan, who was a champ in Southwest Championship Wrestling, wow. of course, minor leagues, went to prison for um, messing with his daughter. And another person who did some time in WWF at the time, who was a mainstay in the AWA, Rock and Roll Buck Zumhoff, is currently incarcerated for uh, similar offenses, too. Um wow. Don't know if the rumors are true about the Godwins and that incident on the farm with the pig, but um, I'm only kidding about that. <laughs> wow. I love Mark Canterbury and Dennis Knight. I, I, I met Mark. They're both very cool people, so I'm just kidding. But, you know, uh, it seems like more of the offenses are done by the, the male counterparts in the sport and, and certainly far more grievous, I mean, when it comes to taking That's a life. That's it, Phil. But, and guess what? Yeah. You have retained oh, your man. title in a very close Woo! race. Boy, oh, oh boy. The one thing I did Joey learn I'll tell you, you... Is, is maybe yeah. Come on. the next true con, true crime thing should be on Buck Zoomoff and not Sonny. Yeah. Joe, <laughs> you gave a great battle, man. I'm great sorry. Time, I'm coming for you. I'm coming one for you. I'm coming. The champ you were. is... Yeah. Thank you, guys. See you at 9 o'clock where we have the icon, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. We'll see you soon. Enter the dragon. Nice.